0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what is new
1: in our world? Uh, We went to a Fathom Events showing of the Doctor Who episode, well, two episodes, The End of Time.
0: Yeah, so this was, uh, we've talked about Fathom Event things before, I'm sure you all know what it is, but just in case, it's... It's this private company that produces kind of special theatrical events, and they release them in different movie theaters nationwide. We've been to a few, one, and, and as you also probably know if you've listened to this podcast or talked to us in person, we're big Doctor Who fans, That we claim to be Whovians. Um, so this was really cool. Uh, Hank, you know, I don't want to get into a long debate about
1: it, but, you know, who's your top doctor or one at one or two well, david Tennant's obviously the best doctor he's the doctor yeah so there there's we go no, i'm with you on that there's no better and i like Do- donna and wilfred maybe like two of my favorite companions so so who uh so this is uh this was fun yeah these are the last two episodes this is saying goodbye you
0: know theoretically to, to david Tennant as the doctor uh and what did you think seeing it
1: on the big screen versus watching it at home on tel- television? I mean, it's just as good, if not better, like seeing it in full theater experience. Yeah, I really loved it. Now, I think we can tell the story about your uh, your mom and have it be
0: okay because you know your mom is not quite as big Doctor Who fan as we are, but she does like it and and does like David Tennant as the Doctor. I think that's probably her favorite Doctor. Um. But somehow she had managed not to see these two episodes, and part of it was because I think she didn't want to see these two episodes because she <laughs> didn't want to say goodbye to David Tennant. And <laughs> accidentally, I think we tricked her into going to this. <laughs> yeah, she thought it was the day of the doctor. <laughs> right, she thought she was going to see the fun one with uh, Matt Smith and and, and David, David, Tennant David Tennant together, but no. So, that really was fun. I love those uh Fathom events feathered event. I always think they're going to sell out. Like I bought those tickets like four months in advance, and it was like thirty five people in the movie theater. Probably, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was a lot of fun. Uh, what are we I talk- actually saw um, on R slash uh, David Tennant on Reddit? Uh, there is someone who had been to that, telling their story. So we were in. I recognize person on internet. Yay, social media doesn't make me nervous as a parent at all. Uh, what did they say? Did they say anything interesting? Well, they enjoyed it. Alright. They're on r slash David Tennant. They probably like David Tennant. I would imagine so. Uh, probably not their first time seeing it either. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, so what are we talking about today?
0: It's been a little bit since we've done one. It's
1: Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember what the last one was. But today we're talking about Fast and Furious Presents... Hobbs and Shaw, the movie that you can't make any more action movie. It's a peak action movie. <laughs> you think this hits all the, uh, all, hits the all, all the action movie spots? All action movie spots in a good way or bad way? Or do you? I mean, probably I in a good way. In a good way for people who like action movies. Probably not like the best movie in the world. Well, I mean, I think it's you know. Serves its purpose. It, it was enjoyable. We laughed at some parts of it. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, you know, action movies aren't necessarily my favorite genre,
0: and it sounds like they're not for you either. No. But I'm, and we should we should find some action movies that we both enjoy to find out what we think is a good representation of an action movie. But so, yeah, tell us a little bit about this movie. We do not go into
1: the whole plot, but what's the, what's the deal with this? You so, said Fast and Furious presents. What does that mean? I mean, it's in the Fast and Furious universe. I mean, that's the full titles, Fast and Furious Presents. Now, have you? S-
0: what's your relationship with the Fast and Furious I've seen movies? none of them. Okay, I've seen none of them either. <laughs> and it's,
1: so now, we don't understand at all. Now well you we probably can't. haven't had a
0: whole lot of opportunities. I imagine those feel like R-rated movies to me. I have not checked that. Um, certainly, I could have seen any of the seven movies or eight movies or nine movies four now. Four billion. Four billion movies and have chosen not to because one i'm not into cars really though i mean yeah i can admire yeah it's a beautiful car but i don't care about them and car chases usually bore me occasionally somebody innovates on it and it's awesome flashbacks to venom <laughs> yes exactly that car chase uh, like to win the on matrix years. revolutions or one of the matrix movies had a really great car chase and i i thoroughly enjoyed it but that's that's such the rarity
1: so, lawman Luke Hobbs and outcast Deckard Shaw form an unlikely alliance when a cybergenetically enhanced villain threatens the future of humanity. Yeah. So the thing with action Movie. movies is they're
0: they're very primal. You know, they're about life and death, and usually, you know, often on a large scale. When you get into like James Bond type villains of like destroying the world kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so this is really that, right? That's that's the thing. But what's it's also a genre. It's also like a Romantic comedies, buddy cop, kind of
1: plot going on here too, right? Because do Hobbs and Shaw do they like each other? No, no, (laughs) they make a point of not liking each other at all. They hate each other. The one thing I will give this movie credit for is like they like it doesn't waste any time. Like right in
0: the beginning, you see there like you have a split screen of like Hobbs. Which one's Hobbs? Hobbs is Dwayne Johnson. Okay, so you have Hobbs, Dwayne Johnson, you know, big dude, beefy guy. He's eating his, like, raw egg, you know, protein shake for breakfast in the morning. Driving then going his to the pickup gym, truck. Right? Drives the truck. Then you got Shaw, you know, British Jason Statham. You know, you know he's the rich, slick one wearing the cool suits, driving the fancy sports car. He made himself a beautiful like omelet, perfectly folded with, you know, a little sprinkle of... Uh, you know, flaky sea salt you can only get from like Antarctica or something. Uh, so, like, they they right away you get it. Like, oh, these guys are opposites, and of course, right away you know they're going to
1: butt heads and then learn to work together, and then learn the other the most subtle of ways. Yeah, I think there is an actual quote at the end of well we're doing better now that we're working together.
0: Yeah, they actually the, towards the like yeah, three fourths way of the movie, they actually said it out loud. You know, something <laughs> like every single audience member not only saw it coming, but pretty, you you know, you want that. That's I mean, that's part of what we want in this this type of story. Um there was another thematic kind of thing going on besides the whole we're opposites, but we we're better together. Let us work together motif. Uh there's something about siblings and family right
1: yes with uh vanessa kirby and jason statham are apparently our brother and sister
0: that's right they're both kind of involved in this you know espionage world she's in six or maybe they're both in my six i don't know they've had a falling out because the sister thinks the brother did something horrible you know and it might have even been in a previous movie i'm not sure
1: yeah, maybe it was.
0: I, mean, I don't know when Jason Statham started appearing in these movies, but he's been informed. I, mean, I don't. And Dwayne Johnson as well, right? He was. Yeah. These the Hobbs and Shaw are characters that have appeared previously in the universe. I, I believe so. Okay, I think yeah, I think that's right. Also. Uh, so yeah, there was a big brother sister thing going on. They have a fallout. You know, they had previously had a fallout.
1: And, uh, but Dwayne Johnson's got some sibling family stuff going on too, right? Yeah, apparently he ratted out, he snitched on his dad and his brothers because for doing criminal activities. That's right. So, like, I guess he was raised in
0: a rough, rough shot environment in Hawaii or Samoa. And I'm not sure, I know they filmed in Hawaii, but I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Hawaii or Samoa. Turned him in, you know, changed his life, left. And he has a daughter, too, right?
1: Yes, he has that a daughter's daughter.
0: never met the rest of the family. Whoa. So again, all of this is set up very efficiently, if not subtly. And uh, tell me about tell me about some cameos in
1: it because they are integral to this part of the plot. Um, uh, the person uh, there's a cameo by Ryan Reynolds. He's the person who get who, like, informs The Rock of this ex- weapon that. Vanessa that idris elba is trying to get that's right there's a virus right that's been there's, created uh, that will kill anything you know, <laughs> yeah, anyone I, th- I think yeah i'm sure there's something a little yeah it's not quite that but i'm sure it's something i don't know what it is. But, and he was my favorite part of the movie because he he acted very deadpool-y and i well haven't seen the movies but i i would like deadpool from i feel like i would like deadpool from the amount that people talk about deadpool's personality and has the same director as deadpool too yeah you will i think you'll love the first deadpool is really great the second one's
0: not as good but ronald reynolds is hilarious in both of them and yeah i agree he was kind of doing that's why i didn't didn't like him in this it's because like oh you're just doing deadpool oh that's funny but we've already seen this a lot uh don't need to see
1: it anymore so yeah so he comes to uh him you know you know to inform him of his mission if you choose to accept it exactly
0: and then they're like oh no i'm working with anybody but you and then you have a lot of sibling not not actually it's kind of sibling rivalry but buddy cop rivalry of you do it your way i have my way of doing things i don't need you i don't need you either uh, what did you think of the action
1: sequences? Because there were a ton of them. There was some. Well, uh, with um, with most action sequences, you can. There's always something that's unnecessarily happening. Like a lot of, I mean, they were inter- they were certainly entertaining. I mean, it, the explosions were cool, and I thought they were fun to see.
0: Some of them were. Some but of them there's were.
1: one moment where, like. Uh, the Rock is on top of this car, and there's no reason he needs to be on top of the car. Like, he's done the thing that he needs to do on top of this car. Why is he not going back in the car? He's like, <laughs> it's, is it just a, a, extra danger? Why are you just standing? Get standi- back in the car. Why are you standing, still standing on the car? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a, Yeah. A lot of the action
0: sequences, again, it's hard because these, you know, movie filmmakers have to, you know, you have to go further, go more to impress audiences because we've seen so much. But for me, they go so far and they so stretch the limits of the suspension of disbelief that I'm just like, you know, that just can't happen. That just doesn't like. <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah. And it, all of it felt very. It's so postury, you know. Like, if you really were standing in front of somebody with, you know, nine trained killers surrounding you, you wouldn't be like, hey, smart aleck one-liner, smart aleck one-liner, are we going to do this? And then do like a kung fu, you know, move with music playing and slick camera work. That's my problem with this film. But that's what this film is supposed to be. It's slick... Uh, it's it's supposed to be fun it's not fun for me but it's you know stuff like
1: that makes me roll my eyes and reach into the popcorn it's just uh, it made me think of uh, one scene uh, Deckard Shaw, Jathan Statham is taking out like 15 people at once and then like a minute later he's like one like back of a gun to a neck and he's on the floor right exactly <laughs> like,
0: these guys are indestructible unless we need them to be taken prisoner and then like if you look at them wrong they like pass out <laughs> the um, <laughs> what um? Uh, oh, I had something. so. Let's let's talk about the villain, though. Let's talk about Idris Elba because one, he's a darn fine actor. Uh, what did you think about his character and his kind of
1: what is explain what's special about him? He is, like, genetically modified. I don't know if Idris Elba has appeared in the other Fast and Furious movies, because it sounds like he might have. It
0: sounds like he might have. There was definitely some... Like,
1: history between him and Jason Jason Statham. Yeah, Statham had killed him, right? Yeah. I don't know if they actually, again, we don't know if
0: it showed up in a previous movie, but as part of the backstory for this movie, Jason Statham killed Idris Elba in the line of duty, and I guess somebody brought him back to life
1: and genetically enhanced him with computers and robotics and things like that. And so now he's like super strength. He's got like incredible powers that aren't really well defined, but I think it's mainly like super strength and some more agility and some like techno tracking
0: things. Now even and even though because the writing did not give him too many opportunities to show some Pathos. There is some there and he does, you get that little bit of him understanding that he's this kind of weird hybrid beast, you know, for a lot of it. And there is some self-awareness there. Uh, so one of the big kind of going into act three type moves is we, we bring this theme of family together and they go <laughs> to Samoa or Hawaii and they reunite with uh, Dwayne Johnson's family and what, what was? That? Tell me about that whole sequence and montage. And There's a montage there.
1: of them doing working. There's some engineering. We're getting There's some, some weapons. weapons together, and they're like everyone. Like it's, it felt like they didn't know any other way of showing like brotherly cooperation rather than a fist bump. There's like five fist bump. There's lots of yes. There's like, lots of like. Fist bump, oh, they came fist together because
0: earlier they were standoffish, but now they're fist bumping after moving a big piece of equipment. Yeah, and so it's not it's even that. that. Kind yeah, of stuff.
1: it's like all the brothers are doing it all the time. <laughs> um, we did
0: get to see like their kind of uh, ritual, kind of war dance. You know, I think people are familiar with like the the New Zealand one because like the the Australian rules football team or the rugby team does it. I think it's called a haka, but I could be just butchering that. So don't (laughs) don't take my word for this. Uh, And that was kind of fun and cool. And I get the dichotomy of fancy weapons and like you know rural strength, but they also had fancy weapons themselves, and they were computer experts also uh, here. So it was that whole sequence was
1: fine. Yeah, and it's like same thing. Like they all basically have guns, right? There's like, if they can hack and turn all the guns off, why can't they just pick up a gun and hack it back on? <laughs> yeah. It's like using hacky-hack-hack hack skills. It's like, it's all fist-fighting all the time, because otherwise it'd just be pew-pew-pew-pew-pew-pew the entire movie. Yeah, It's exactly. like, we need to fist-fight with our pistols. You, you definitely can't think too too hard about all the things that, like they could have done <laughs> i need to stay on top of this car because maybe i'll need to show my strength by holding a chain from a helicopter like i'm captain america
0: yeah that was a huge <laughs> huge kind of again just get for me, uh, Rory back Rory. in the car
1: <laughs> what uh what did you think about the acting oh uh, the acting was i mean it was fine i mean none of nobody was bad yeah, nobody's bad. You don't see anybody acting. It's fine. But it, it, it's,
0: I mean, I guess it's a positive in that the acting matches the style of the movie. Like, there's no, there's no depth there. It's just all style. Even when, like, they're having these, you know, very heartfelt moments of a brother-sister reuniting or brothers reuniting or, you know, love moments or romance moments or things like that, it's still, you know, it's almost like they're, they're, they're pretending to be somebody who can pretend to be genuine in the moment. <laughs> like they're not really, it, there's just no depth.
1: No, uh, I would agree with that. And I'm not even up. sure it's the actor's fault
0: necessarily, but because that's the style of the movie. But, um, um
1: not to get off topic, but I meant to bring this up earlier. How did how did you feel about the Kevin Hart cameo? So I I hated the Kevin Hart cameo. It's it's completely unnecessary. It's like you already got us this helicopter. Well, let me call you to thank you right now while we're heading. Yeah, so we to first place in Hawaii. We
0: first meet Kevin Hart on a plane, and he's like, you know, he does his look like his Kevin Hart stuff. He's like. Man, I'm you know you guys are cool, but I'm 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 super cool too, and blah blah blah, and I, I can do all these things, and it just goes on forever, and it's clearly one of those things where Dwayne and him are friends. It was like, oh, you know what would be really funny? Man, why don't we have Kevin Hart come in here and do and talk? And he came that, and then later he actually gets him a plane, and he has we have a conversation with him on the phone on a in a, on the toilet. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> you know, that's not hilarious to me. But I can see how other people would think it was. And Kevin Hart, I mean, he's genuinely smart, funny, talented dude. Doesn't do much for me. But
1: I recognize that he's got, you know, a smart, talented, funny dude. And I often laugh at Kevin Hart. I find him funny. I do Not in I, this I, I movie, did sometimes. though. It felt like, well, why does he need to be in this movie? Yeah, he didn't. You I, could, did. I could have 15 minutes more of my life back to me without yeah, they, those scenes.
0: The scenes were too... If you are gonna have them in there and do a little bit, fine, do a little bit. But they, they were, it was really long,
1: <laughs> yeah, it
0: was. or at least it
1: felt long. <laughs> those bits felt like eternity. That scene on the airplane, I'm like, is this real life? Yeah, yeah, and of course not. You know, just again,
0: things that things that you can let go in a good movie that you know maybe not wouldn't would bother you. Because the rest of it's so good, and you're like, a hey, little thing, you, you can't let go. At least I can't let go in a in a bad movie. Yeah, no. And I, I I'm gonna call this a a baddish movie. I think. Um. Shall we rate it? And you want to? do there anything else more you want to say about it? Uh
1: nope. That about covers it. <laughs> that does about cover it.
0: So well, I forgot what rating scale we're using now. Are we I using think we're letters? doing grades. Doing grades. All right, that's good. School's back in session. That makes sense. What grade if would you, you want to use this? it?
1: Less. Um, yeah, true. C plus. C plus. All right, I'm gonna go C minus. But oh, okay. You're going that low. I'll go C minus. Then <laughs> yeah. I thought I was trying to keep up. Like, oh, all maybe all cool C's a little. Too C li- maybe it's uh, like oh, it's a little low. So definitely, you know,
0: even though it's, this is a big action movie, and y- you don't need to see it on the big screen. You know, unless you unless this is unless this is a type of movie you love and the uh, franchise that you dig and want to explore these characters more, go for it. And maybe if we had lived through those previous, you know, nine hundred movies, <laughs> we would have a better emotional attachment to these characters. But we don't. And if you don't, I would not recommend the movie. <laughs> uh, what are you reading, Hank?
1: I school just started back. I don't know if you. I've not started a book. What did you read over the summer? I read *Suspicious Minds* by Gwenda Bond. It's like a, it's a Stranger Things prequel that's in the universe, so it's I get to know more about the characters I love from that series. Does it take place in Hawkins, or Haw- is it was Hawkins? It takes Hawkins? it takes place like half in Hawkins, half in like another town in Indiana. That I the name like I've seen the name before. I read the book. Time timeline wise, how like is it in the sixties, seventies? Because obviously, Stranger uh, Things is eighties, early eighties, sixty nine and nineteen seventy. Okay, so a good a good decade before. Yeah, it takes uh, starring Elle's mom. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I would. Oh, that's kind of that's interesting. So you would recommend?
0: Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, I'm reading a couple of them right now. I just finished uh, a book that blew me away and for the adults listening just highly recommend it's called Here Here by Tommy Orange it's about native urban Indians in San Francisco, Oakland area and it was just fantastic it really really spoke to me Uh, partly because of my heritage uh, being Native American but I think anybody would also like it but a lot of these characters were going through things that I was going through it really felt like hey Michael I wrote this book for you uh, it was fantastic, and I would highly recommend it. It was a finalist for the Pulitzer. I think it won a couple of national book awards, or the book, you know, type—that's a specific award—but it won national level book awards, uh, multiple, I believe. And uh, it was just highly recommended. I really, really, really encourage you to read the book. And now I'm reading um, two books, actually. The Goldfinch by Donna Tart, which did win the Pulitzer, and has come highly recommended. And I'm reading a book called Dryer's English, which is ostensibly a, a grammar and English usage guide from a gentleman. I think he works at Penguin Random House. He's like their kind of copy editor, final thing. And it's hilarious. And, Hank, I'm going to make you read this book because it's got lots of great advice on how to write well. And it's really funny. Um, again, I'm only in the beginning section of it, but it's, it's pretty great already. Uh, learning things that uh cuz
1: it wasn't funny. I don't think I'd read like yay a grammar book. Yeah, no, those are tough. But I mean like
0: Strunk and White uh was kind of like the, you know, definitive kind of guide for a long time and I think it's still, you know, very popular. I have a copy of it I refer to. But this is uh this is going to be just kept on the desk to be able to refer to when we need to can't remember how to what's the proper way to write something. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. He just smells a lot of dispels a lot of myths already. All right feels good to be podcasting again. Yeah All right. anything else when you want to say? Uh, nope. All right well ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and uh, until we meet again.
1: Hey Sven hey Jurgen hey Jeb is here too.